Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's show, is Valve going the way of VR what everyone wants? Is it over for The Walking Dead after season 12? And is Pearl Jam still alive? All this and more as we once again delve into... The Pop Culture Cosmos. Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the Pop Culture Cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Thank you for listening to all of our great shows. And if I left the intro where I actually was trying to sing like Eddie Vedder, I do apologize for that. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. It's our own Eddie Vedder for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Also, his great show, Topic Ocalypse, and his book, which he's done on not only on one, but two occasions now, done actual readings out on social media of some great chapters from his book. Congratulations, you suck. It is my good friend. It is the man who wants freedom, Josh Peterson. Jeremy's fallen still. He's been falling for a few years. I'm just here to add a little even flow to the mix, you know? There you go. Even flow. See, that was one of their best. That was one of their best songs. But one of the things we are going to go ahead and do today is share our thoughts on Pearl Jam's latest album after many years, Gigaton. That is now available. It just came out. So we're going to go ahead and talk about that coming up here in a little bit. Plus, I wanted to go ahead and give a quick word to one of our good friends that runs Salt Radio out in the UK. It's Charlie McCormick. And I want to go ahead and get him on in a little bit as well, just for a minute, because we had some technical difficulties. So just want to go ahead and get him on a minute and play some actual music from Hyperschmidt as well coming up on the first half. And then on the second half of the show, we've got Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base and Talking the Dead 18 Plus on Facebook. Both of those great groups she runs. She's going to be back on the show talking about all the rumors that are going back and forth on if the Walking Dead will end with season 12. She's actually said on the show before that she thought that that was going to happen. Some rumors have taken place that have said for or against that in recent days that her group is really going back and forth on. So we'll talk about that and a lot more when it comes to The Walking Dead and its future coming up here on the show. Plus on the back end, Josh and I are going to be talking about Dirk the Daring. Now that's the name that many of you are probably going, huh? Dirk the Daring is a famous video game character from Dragon's Lair because Dragon's Lair just got picked up by Netflix for a movie adaptation most likely starring Ryan Reynolds. So we're going to talk about how this might be a really cool thing or might not be a really cool thing coming up at the back end of the program as well. 
But first, my friend, I wanted to go ahead and talk to you real quick about Valve. They recently, just last week, debuted a game out to not only their virtual reality headset, but to other high-powered, high-end virtual reality headsets, Half-Life Alex, which doesn't really extend the Half-Life universe in advance. It's actually kind of a prequel. It sets it up before the events of the Half-Life universe. Wanted to get your thoughts on Valve delving back into the Half-Life universe, at least in some fashion, with its prequel called Half-Life Alex, which is getting some great reviews. But again, it's just within the confines of a virtual reality format. Yeah, so I've actually been kind of following this game a little bit. I don't have the history with Half-Life that a lot of people do, but I'm from what I understand, like Alex is... It's a game that's gone places many VR games couldn't go before. And with that kind of recognition behind you, it feels weird to me that Steam wouldn't be moving ahead with like Half-Life 3. But anyways, the game looks beautiful. It looks haunting. It looks nightmarish. It kind of reminds me of Dead Space a little bit. So I can only imagine if you're playing that through a VR scenario that it's going to be pretty frightening. So... I don't know much about the mechanics of the game, but I have, you know, I have seen some screenshots, seen some video play and things like that. It looks it looks fun. It looks like if I were to, you know, if I were bored like I am right now in quarantine and uh, I needed to play a video game, it this does seem like something I would pick up. But what are your thoughts on it? You kind of alluded to what I was wanting to get into. I mean, that's great that they're supporting their own platform because they do have their own virtual reality platform along with several other high-end virtual reality headsets but it is such a limited audience man and as someone who you and I before not not recently but in the past have criticized Valve for not finishing a lot of the great game series that they started that they have such a fan base and following and one of them is Half-Life with Half-Life 2 episode 3 which they've never did, they never finished. A lot of people have been hoping for an episode three for Half-Life 2, have never got that type of completion. And this is a prequel set before the events of Half-Life 2. So I want to ask you, my friend, are you kind of disappointed when you first learned that Half-Life would be coming back to some type of video game platform, but unfortunately it wasn't the one that most people were asking for? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are disappointed by that. But I mean, at least it shows there is still an interest in the game, right? There are still people who want to play more games in this franchise. And I think that with all the the time that they have been spending putting off Half-Life 3, that like the, this has to... And I, maybe there's an Easter egg, something at the end of the game, but uh, you know, we don't know. But this feels like... It has to be a lead-in to the eventual Half-Life 3. You know, why would they bother making more games in the Half-Life universe if the, if it wasn't leading to something? Your guess is as good as mine, especially when it comes to Valve, who will literally just drop a series, successful or not, right in the midst of whatever type of time frame. I mean, a Portal series. You can go on and on and on about how they have all these winning series my favorite series from valve the left for dead series which i've been hoping for a long time now for a left for dead 3 because i think that would be an outstanding game especially in the more asymmetrical multiplayer platform settings that are really becoming prevalent in today's gaming society i think that would probably to me really work well in in a gaming format 
Left for Dead 3 would be something that I think a lot of people would be interested in. Plus, going back to Portal, Team Fortress. They've been updating Team Fortress 2 for a while now, but how about a new version of Team Fortress? How about a new version of many of the old games that they have that are that are just being given updates and little small tweaks and whatnot? How about a brand new version of that? That would be awesome that they went ahead and did that. The problem is, though, Valve hasn't needed to do any game development because they've been basically making bank from Steam all these years and the Steam platform. And when you have such a large monster and a large beast that they're going ahead and basically adhering most of their talent and most of their employees to, they don't have much left over to develop games. So this coming out of the blue, not virtually coming out of the blue, but this coming out of the woodworks as far as Half-Life Alex is a sign, hopefully, like you were saying, that they will go ahead and lead in with more games in the Half-Life universe and hopefully finish that Half-Life series as far as Half-Life 2 Episode 3 or Half-Life 3 or whatever that will allow the audiences that have been begging for so long a completion of this Half-Life series to, to finally fulfill that prophecy. But to me, it's been kind of arrogant in a way that Valve has just tuned out for so many years. All these fans, all these gamers that have loved these games from the 2000s that were never able to get a com real completion of that in the previous decade that we just had, that we just ended. And that's just been a shame because all these great games series that they could have had and could, could have continued, again, like I said, Team Fortress, Portal, Left 4 Dead, Half-Life, as far as extending those universes in the future for those series, Counter-Strike even. Counter-Strike, could they could have done something more with that as well as far as a new version instead of just trying to fix or mend anything with small updates here and there on the existing games that have come out. I know they make a ton of money off it. I know they make microtransactions off of most of these games that has rewarded them greatly. And I know that with the Steam platform, it basically they haven't had any need to, but wouldn't it have been nice if they just did that? And it's not like they wouldn't have been successful because those games would have been extremely successful had they been continued in some form or fashion. No, I absolutely 100% agree with you, but I feel like Steam was such a massive undertaking and they got so caught up in what was going on with that. Plus the, uh, what was the, there's some kind of controversy going on with one of their, their big producers. So I think they just, the thing they meant to and things just kept on happening that got in the way of that. I hope, you know, again, I hope that Alex is like the, a step in the right direction for them, a step back towards that goal that they hopefully originally set in the first place. That would be nice if that's the case, because there's a great lineup of games that they could go ahead and continue. Like I just previously mentioned that I know a lot of fans would go ahead and dish out it or say, Hey, take my money now. Absolutely. Take my money now. But it's hard to get Valve to understand that from the gamers point of view, what they want and they desire. I mean, We've had this issue before with Mass Effect. We've had this issue before with other game series, which these developers are somewhat reluctant to go ahead and continue for one reason or another. But with Valve, it's just a series of games which you could say, hey, I would like a new version of this. I would like something that would be updated for the here and now. We've got the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One Series X coming around the corner. Wouldn't it be great if we had some valve games that were brand new specifically for those systems or maybe updated for the 8k ultra powerhouse workstations that you can have 
that you can now have as your PCs. Wouldn't it be great to have that environment, to have something from Valve fully take advantage of it outside of just a VR game, which is only going to be able to be taken advantage of no matter how good it is. And it did get a 10 on IGN and it's getting great reviews everywhere. I'm not dissuading that. I'm not telling you otherwise, but it is something that only a small few is, is going to actually be able to get their hands on because A, it's going to take one of the higher powered, more expensive VR units to go ahead and play it. And B, VR in itself never really blew up the way they wanted to, the way we had thought it wouldn't blow up two, three years ago when we said, okay, it's going to be, if we're a niche gaming audience, and ultimately virtual reality, that's what happened. It just ended up being just for a niche audience. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, this whole VR, that VR drop was really unexpected, but at the same time, like it, it, there is a story there. So obviously there is, you know, a final or, or another act in the Half-Life universe that they're trying to lead up to. So, you know, we're being hopeful, who knows what's going to happen, but I think that there will be something come uh, next gen next gen consoles and obviously you know steam's a big deal on pc so that'll probably be dropped there too but if they're smart they would actually do a pc exclusive and uh you know get more people onto steam instead of the epic store but you know what do i know about marketing and that's true although there was a great deal the other day at the epic store the recent hit world war z something you and i might want to get interested in if we if our pcs can handle it that's free on the epic store but you know don't tell anybody i said so but Going to go ahead and check it out today at the Epic Store. But I get what you're saying when it comes to Valve and Steam. They have a lot of developers focus games specifically for that platform. I get that. They still, even to this day, I mean, I know it's starting to get a little bit edgy and dicey between Epic and Steam. You got to choose one or the other, Coke or Pepsi, things like that. But still, a lot of people play their games on video game platforms. So it's still kind of frustrating to see that valve doesn't fully get the message they bring out this great game yet a very limited amount of people are going to be playing it so i'll leave you with this one last question i want to ask you when it touches upon what valve is doing and what valve should be doing going forward in fact what you would like them to be doing per se when it comes to valve is there one series out of the ones i mentioned whether it's team fortress counter-strike portal Left 4 Dead, Half-Life, or anything else under the Valve banner that you would like to see, if there's one property you would like to see extended into something that all gamers can enjoy, or at least the majority of them anyways, what would that one series be? Which I would say be? Portal. I really like the Portal games a lot. Why so? You know, they do have a story. They are part of the Half-Life universe, but there's also something extra to them, right? It's something you can kind of play mindlessly I, the, the same way that like i look at the original prey on xbox 360 i can just there was not really a, a point to it i was just playing it and you know the story was an afterthought to me just being able to run through corridors you know and and, and solve mysteries and shoot shoot things and put portals out there so i i like it because it's kind of mindless for me i choose left for dead and the left for dead series because speaking of mindless this is absolute mindless fun. It's always been a blast. Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2, especially for me, that's been such a great time to play every time I do play it. And especially if you've got 
three great friends over over the internet that are also want to go ahead and and play and the madness ensues when every, all the zombies attack you and whatnot. So it's always an enjoyable time to play the Left 4 Dead series. So that is probably my favorite series from Valve. I'm hoping they'll extend that with a Left 4 Dead 3 at some point in time, maybe for the new consoles. We'll have to wait and see. But Valve, if you're listening, thank you so much for at least producing something within the universe of Half-Life. But now's the time for you to get back into business of game development and produce a lot of other games for your many successful series that I think a lot of fans would be hoping for. What are your thoughts on the latest Half-Life game, a prequel for the VR in Half-Life Alex? And then also, is there a series you would love to see them extend for the major consoles and their Steam engine as well? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, Charlie McCormick is coming on real quick to talk about Salt Radio. And then right after that, Josh and I are going to be talking about Pearl Jam and a great song from Hyper Schmidt right after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. You've heard others, but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same Connor as, was as, the as Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. Witness the hubris as they claim to be the world's authority on comic book movies. Who said that? Never said that. You've never said that. Who cares? A jock said that. Comic book, TV, movie, reviews, news, and whatever they choose. Available on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Seriously, people really listen to this. Uh. Jock and Nerd! And we're back. It's Gerald coming right back at you here. It's just awesome to have this next guest on because he's a first-timer for us here. But also, he's been a great part of our syndication network that goes out all around the world to many great radio stations. And I wanted to get him on to get his perspective on some of the music that helps define his radio station, because one of the great escapes that we have right now with all that's going on is music. And music is a great way to escape the realities of the situation that's going on. And he is the man behind Salt Radio. So you got to look for Salt Radio on Facebook. You can check out all the great things going on there and connect to his great radio station to listen to some awesome tunes Every single day, it's Charlie McCormick. And Charlie, just great to have you on the program. Hi there, Gerald. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. Just thanking you so much again for allowing Pop Culture Cosmos to be on Salt Radio. And I wanted to get your insight as someone who has a responsibility with Salt Radio to go ahead and play the music that your fans and your listeners want to hear. Do you see some of that influence that they're getting from some of the music that you're playing on your station when you listen to let's say some of the artists that are from the here and now that you say you know what i can take a little bit from something that i play on my station and it goes well with theirs well there's lots of great artists at the moment that are out um in the charts and there's so much talent a lot of people that can sing now as well 
there's a lot of music people today that get their inspiration from people in the 70s. They look back, they get great inspiration from people in the 80s, people like Kate Bush, people like Smith. One of the most popular artists that people request seems to be people like ABBA, Fleetwood Mac as well. But the, the most popular decade for me is the 80s. When I went to Liverpool, which is in the UK, you notice the statue because they're so popular. T-Rex is very popular. On our Facebook page, we've got a link which goes to the Periscope app. And once you've downloaded the Periscope app, if you search for us at Salt Village Radio, we've got a link then to listen live. Fair enough indeed. Once again, it's Charlie McCormick from Salt Radio. you got to check out his awesome station today by first heading to his great Facebook page, salt radio well i want to thank charlie mccormick coming on to the show real quick talking about salt radio again check out salt radio on facebook one of our great radio stations that we go ahead and syndicate to each and every week and i cannot thank him enough for stopping by real quick on the show josh speaking of music before we head to another great song from hyper schmidt that we've played on the show before but it's also one of our favorites i want to go ahead and ask you real quick you recently listened to the brand new album from pearl jam so Pearl Jam jokes aside, which we I think we already just brushed away by this point, what are your thoughts on the latest album from Pearl Jam entitled Gigaton? So uh, I noticed with Pearl Jam is like they're they're not grunge anymore. They they sound more like '80s rock, I guess. You know, they got they even got like synthesizers and everything in there. So that being said, like this is not your daddy's Pearl Jam. No, no, this is like I because I, you know, I love 10, you know, I love 10. I love uh, verses. I love Vitalogy. Like I, I really yield even. I really love those old those early Pearl Jam albums. And it seems like with this, while the music's still fast, they don't have those like heart wrenching ballads that they used to have, you know, even with uh, Jeremy or uh, Last Kiss or, or really like, I don't know, it just doesn't elicit an emotional response for me. It just it feels like it's very punk rock. And, you know, that might be I'm 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 super stoked that they're still around, still doing their thing. But like, I just I can't. I don't know. This is hard for me because like I want to like their music and I don't think it's terrible, but I don't feel like it's Pearl Jam, if that makes sense. Well, I'm not going to disagree with you. It's not your Pearl Jam from the early 1990s. I mean, if you're looking for that, look somewhere else, because I don't think Pearl Jam at this stage of their career, the stage of their lives can repeat what they did back in the early 80s. And you're right, they did use a little bit of synthesizer in, in this latest album. I personally don't mind when groups do. I mean, personally, I have a lot of you know groups that are uh, out there that I've enjoyed that also emphasize the synthesizer to even a small or a, a larger degree. But when it comes to Pearl Jam, I noticed a, a big difference from the way Pearl Jam sounds now to the way Pearl Jam sounds there. And the f- simple force and intensity that, that the group had back in the early 90s is just not there with me. It sounds more commercial. It sounds more pop. sounds more inline, mainstream, whatever you want to call it. It just sounds more regular. It sounds more like your dad's Pearl Jam as opposed to the Pearl Jam that was really on the cutting edge back in the early 90s. And that's just the unfortunate part of getting older time. I mean, you and I have talked about how U2 is my all-time favorite group. U2 at this point in their career, unfortunately, is not the U2 that I've loved for enjoyed for so many years. In fact, 
you joked about how U2 was put on everybody's Apple device and how nauseating that was and how bad that was. And that's because of the fact that U2 simply does not have that same grip on music that it once had. And the same thing goes for Pearl Jam. And just, it just happens with the course of time. There's really very few artists that have ever been able to maintain that hold for more than 20 years to, you know, let's go, let's say two decades worth of music without, you know, seeing a drop off. And I will say that for the most part, critics are liking it. It's got an average 81. Uh, it's got an average, it's got an 81 average on Metacritic, which a very pretty, you know, very solid. I think a lot of critics are enjoying it. I'm sure a lot of newer fans may enjoy it too, but for those hardcore fans from the nineties, it sounds like you are one of them that were brought up on the, the cutting edge sounds of Eddie Vedder and the cutting, you know, just the, the transcendent sounds of Pearl Jam and the Seattle sound of that time. It's really not what you're looking for anymore. And unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to get it. Yeah. I mean, so again, like I loved, you know, when Pearl Jam first came back on the scene back in the two thousands, right. With uh, what's the album that had worldwide suicide on it. Like, I, I I dug that, you know, and had some pretty good songs, especially the some of the stuff Eddie Vedder did around the time Into the Wild came out. Like, I really like some of that music. But this this album, it doesn't have any of those slow melodies on it. Right. It's all just in your face punk rock. And like, I, well, I don't hate it. I just it's not something that I'm going to find myself listening to over and over again. Well, that's our thoughts on the latest album from Pearl Jam Gigaton. You can go ahead and check it out today on Apple or wherever you get your music because it is available. It's it's doing quite well with the critics. and But for us, it's just something that we're not, I don't know, it's just not something that we're basically gelling with. Maybe because of the fact that for us, the real sound of Pearl Jam seems like a distant memory at this point in time. What are your thoughts on Pearl Jam's latest album, Gigaton? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, I promised Charlie McCormick, our good friend at Salt Radio, a song that we would play and a song we shall, one of our favorites. This is Hyperspin and about to win. And this is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Waiting just to see the light. When did this become a fight? Struggle just to fill my lungs with air Staring at the finish line The darkness running out of time I'll do what it takes to get you Cause now you can't 
That's about to win from Hyperschmidt. You can check out their music today on Spotify. Coming up, Daphne Matthew has an update on The Walking Dead. And right after, Josh and I will be talking about Dragon's Lair, a video game movie adaptation coming from Netflix. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Video game box art, the stories behind the covers, in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images. Don't forget to check out Video Game Box Art, the stories behind the covers, celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them. This and many more from Rob McCallum Films. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Uh, you know I had to get her back on. You know I had to get this young lady back onto the show with all the news that's come down, the rumors, the innuendo, all the stuff that's come down regarding The Walking Dead. Is it gone after season 12? Is it not? I mean, we're hearing the rumors. Even on her own Facebook groups that she helps run, she's seeing right and left this article being posted, that article being posted, <laughs> this rumor being posted, that rumor being posted. Now that Michonne has left and uh, Denai Guerrero is, is obviously had such a great run with The Walking Dead, what's her status going forward? Is she going to be having her own spinoff? As also rumored, is she going to be part of the Rick Grimes movies that are coming up in the, well, actually, it wasn't, it was the not too distant future. Now it looks like it's the, going to be the distant future, but maybe someday we'll have the Rick Grimes movies. But <laughs> here to talk about everything Walking Dead with me is just an awesome person indeed. She is the main cog in the whole machinery when it comes to the Facebook groups. Talking the Dead 18 Plus and the Walking Dead fan base, which is a huge group based off of the Walking Dead. So if you want to talk Walking Dead, you go to either one of those groups today on Facebook. It's Daphne Matthew. And Daphne, got to give me the scoops, young lady. What's going on with the Walking Dead? We just watched another great episode tonight. I know you're really excited. But last I was really excited. But last we spoke, there was some head rolling going on. Courtesy of Negan, <laughs> who had uh, basically ended with the decapitation of Alpha. And, uh, you know, obviously with Alpha, there's still Gamma floating about. So that's something obviously in question as well. But I guess the first main question I really want to ask is last week's episode with Denai Grira. They dedicated a show to her, which was kind of weird because it seemed like it was almost out of sequence 
because they had the stuff going on with the whisper roar. Then all of a sudden they just put that right in there. And then now they're back, you know, doing whatever it is they're going to be doing now. But it was a great tribute episode to her and all the things that she's brought to the show. So I want to hear your thoughts on Denai Guerrero's departure. How was it handled? Was it handled with the class that you were hoping it would be? And what's her future going like for The Walking Dead, if there is at all? Oh, that is, you gave me all the loaded questions in one shot. Um, all the one shot, because as, I know, I know you, I, I go time by time by time, we're not going to yeah. be able to get it all in in time. So I want to be able so, to make sure you can talk as much as you can about Michonne and the great career for Denai Guerrero. All right. Well, Denai Guerrero is an awesome actress, writer, producer. She is a uh, force to be reckoned with. Her run on the show is basically over. They left it open-ended because they're hoping that they could get her to appear in the Rick Grime movies, although she's not contracted. There's no guarantee she will be able to appear in the movies because she is actually doing a show now for HBO. She also, a couple of months ago, was announced she signed a multi-program deal with ABC Studios to produce shows for ABC. So, and then she has her Avengers movies. So it's, she's a pretty busy lady right now. So I'm not sure if she's going to be in regards to the episode, the episode is out of sequence. She, her last episode was actually supposed to air two weeks ago on March 14th before Alpha's death and all that. But they put it, I don't know why they put it out of sequence. Because if you look at it, when you look at when people on the West Coast get a chance to see the episode, now you're going to see it appears a little bit out of sequence. It doesn't gel well. I don't know why they did it. Uh, maybe because they wanted her departure to be later in the series than they originally planned, but it was a little out of sequence. It, it, it kind of knocked out the continuity because this episode tonight is a continuation of what happened two weeks ago. And it's like, okay, we have the episode with Michelle leaving, and then we're right back at where we were two weeks ago. It's a little confusing, but I don't understand why they did it, but we'll leave it at that. I want to speak about her final episode. I thought, as far from a fan perspective and somebody who's been involved with The Walking Dead since 2010 when it first aired, I thought it was done well up until the end. I'm going to leave, and I'll tell you why I didn't like the ending, but I thought... 95% of the episode was amazing. I thought taking her back through a drug state of what her life could have been like had she not said Andrea was an awesome concept. The only thing I didn't like was the ending because the ending itself with her finding a pair of boots, okay, they wanted to believe their Rick Grimes boots. It was a little disappointing. I thought they could have did a better ending for her. I didn't want to see her die, but I think to have her go off at the behest of Judith to find Rick with no other proof than a pair of boots and a picture on the phone that a lot of people are believing was supposed to be her and Judith, but it was actually her and Carl because Rick never saw Judith grow up. When Rick, the Rick explosion happened, Judith was still a toddler. 
So he never saw what Judith looked like now. I thought that was a little disappointing. There's been a lot of debate the last week over that ending where a lot of people agree that that was not the best ending for a character as powerful as Michonne. I mean, it's pretty much they've done that before. They had um, Daryl let Dwight go to go find Sherry at the end of season eight. They had Morgan leave to go find himself when he left. And now we have Michonne leaving to go and find Rick with very little proof because nobody that she encountered in that episode could actually confirm that Rick was alive. They found boots. They found a phone. They didn't, nobody else, not even Virgil, confirmed that Rick was alive. So it was like kind of a disappointing, I understand why they're doing it because Scott Gimple is hoping, hoping, it will say hope because he's even admitted that he hopes to get her in the movies if they happen. The movies right now, just as life itself right now is on pause. We won't even see episode 16 of season 10 until later this year. Fear the Walking Dead has been postponed. The new world or the world beyond has been postponed because of what's going on in the world today. So right now, I mean, even with the movies, it's like really vague as what's going on. The last report that we got, and we couldn't, we can't even confirm it, but somebody posted on Twitter some vague post that he had ran into Andrew Lakin in the UK. He's a UK person. He actually worked some aspect of the TWD universe, and he said the script was 60% done, but they still don't have a director. They still don't have a script, and they still don't have a studio, a major studio to back it. I mean, one of the things about a lot of people don't understand with these movies is that AMC can't put it out. They're not a major movie studio. They have to get the backing of a major studio. So since they don't have that, everything's on pause as far as those movies. Here's to hoping that at least one movie happens. I'll say I'm hoping one movie happens, if not all three. So that's where we're at today. But like I said, the episode itself, it was good. It just left, I'm going to say, a lot of people, if you look on Facebook, they were let down with how her departure was because looking at it from her beginning, when she lost Andre, she was out on the run and he got killed. Knowing she's gone through that experience and to just have her leave without seeing her other children again was really a big disappointment because it's like, really, from a parental perspective, wouldn't you go back to say goodbye to your kids? You already have this information. What is stopping you from going back to Alexandria, wherever they are, to say goodbye to your kids face to face? So that was the big drawback from that episode. But other than that, everybody has the same opinion. They thought her seeing how her life could have been was great. I thought they did that so well. I thought that having Daryl shoot her with arrows and then Rick kill her was awesome. I don't think that there will be a Rick Grimes movie until 2022 at the earliest to be honest with you, just because the fact you it has to be a year. Let's say they start a production now. You're talking about a movie coming out maybe a year from now. And the longer it takes for this delay, 
the longer it takes for that movie to get started in production. So I'm assuming 2022 at the earliest for any Rick Grimes movie. And the first Rick Grimes movie would have to do well before you even considered a second or a third. Because if they don't make money from it, it's not going to fly for a second or a third. But the question on everybody's mind in your groups, and that is Talk <laughs> the Dead 18+, plus and the Walking Dead fan base is something you and I have talked about before and something you and I thought was going to happen, you know, rest, you know, we were pretty sure was going to happen, that The Walking Dead would end with season 12. In recent days, we've seen reports on your own Facebook groups from one person posting from a legitimate source that it's going to be this, and another person posting from a legitimate news source that it's going to be that. So I want to hear, in your opinion, with your experience with The Walking Dead and knowing what you know, are you going to still stay with the comments you've made on this show that The Walking Dead will end with season 12? Okay, I'm going to put it this way. The show as it is today with the characters that it has today is going to end with season 12. A lot of people are resistant to it. There's an explanation for that. The flagship show, the original show, is going to end with season 12. AMC hasn't announced it yet, but this has been something that's been known since season three. The original series was only going to be, if it could carry that far, 12-season run. That is an incredible amount of time for people to be dedicated to this show. We have Melissa McBride that's still on the show from season one. We have Norman Reedus that's still on the show from season one. We have characters like Josh McDermott, who plays Ezekiel, Kristen uh, Serrato, who plays Rosita, who's been there eight or nine years. These people had dedicated their lives to this show for such a long time. And yeah, Scott Gimple, a couple of other people that said they have enough in their can for 20 seasons. They did not mean the flagship show in particular. As you know, they're shooting off in different directions. They have The Walking Dead. And then they have this new show that was supposed to start next month. But again, just like um, the season finale of The Walking Dead, it's been pushed back indefinitely, um, The Walking Dead, The World Beyond. The, the thing is, is that as a fan, you never want to see a show, and you want a show to go on forever and ever, but it comes time to a point where, first of all, they were betting on the fact that Robert Kirkman, who writes the comics, which is the source material for the main show, they were writing on him a couple of years ago stating that he was not going to end the comics until Comic 400. And then what happened in July, Comic number 193, he ended the comics. So looking at it from that perspective, they have enough source material for the main show for another two seasons. The Whisperer War is starting. That's not going to be resolved in two episodes. That's not going to happen. So we're, we're seeing the Whisper of War will continue into season 11. And then we have the Commonwealth story starting probably after the mid-season and season 11 and continuing on through season 12. And then the show ends and it resets. This has happened in a lot of shows. I mean, if you think about it, 
the argument on Facebook and that we we've been having or the debate I should say we've been having is that yeah the flagship show is going to end in two years they running out of source material they're going in different directions Scott Gimple has been talking about spinoffs for beta that's one of the things that's coming down the pipe there is a rumor about doing a Michonne spinoff they are talking about taking this universe itself in different directions where it will not need the base show. Could that work? Why not? It's worked for other shows. I mean, we have shows that's been on the air for 20 years and they have survived without the original cast or most of the original cast. So why can't The Walking Dead do it? I know people have been in love with Norman Reedus since he showed up in season one. But you have to think about it from a perspective of how they make their living. These people did not sign on to make their life one show. They have to go do other things. The Nigerera decided to leave because before she was an actress, the Nigerera was a writer. She was a producer. She did some acting. She's done Broadway shows. Now she's she left The Walking Dead to pursue her real love, which is creating other shows, other avenues for other entertainers to get noticed in this world. So we have to look at it realistically. Yeah, we don't want these people to leave. We want them to live on forever on the show in some way, shape, or form. But these people want to do other things. One of the characters that I do believe will be leaving at the end of this season is Rosita. She signed on to do the Netflix series Serena, which... Started filming, but stopped because of what's going on in the world today. And it's a two-year contract. So she's leaving. I'm just at the point where, you know, yeah, there's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of people don't want to see the show end, but we have to look at it realistically. 12 years for one show in these days and times with the way people just want to cancel shows because of Numbers is amazing. I mean, we have went from a show that was averaging 15 million viewers to now we're in the three, four million range per episode. And that's because of the way people look at it differently now as opposed to 10 years ago. So, I mean, everything comes to an end. I don't want it to end, but the realization is that it's going to end. And from what I'm hearing, 2022 is when it will end because this new show, The um, World Beyond, is only a limited two-year series. So it was supposed to start this year. It's going to end in the same year that The Walking Dead show now ends, and they're going to merge those two shows. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens indeed. The Commonwealth is just around the corner, as so is the Whisper Wars. Those are coming very, very soon to everything that's coming for The Walking Dead. So we're excited to see what's happening in the near future for The Walking Dead. And for all your information when it comes to The Walking Dead, there is no better place to go than Talking to Dead 18+. Plus and one of the largest Facebook groups out there dedicated to all things Walking Dead that is the Walking Dead fan base. You got to join both groups today on Facebook. 
Daphne, as always, I cannot thank you enough for the update on The Walking Dead. Looking so forward to seeing whenever they finish the season, what goes on with The Walking Dead, with the Whisper Wars coming up, and also as well the Commonwealth coming on the horizon. Pittsburgh, as they say. But I'll tell you what, it's just so great (laughs) to have you on the show. Well, if you haven't seen tonight's episode, I'm going to tell you you're in for a good surprise. It's it's very interesting. We have a lot of Carol having issues, we'll say, with her mental state. We have a new character that came out, the princess, and it's a good episode. You'll really enjoy it. I think as far as seasons go, this season, to me, is on the same level as far as intensity as season four was so i think it's going in a good direction but i'm just disappointed that we're not going to see what happens in the finale for um an undefined amount of time right now this season is going to end with a cliffhanger i don't know what the cliffhanger is yet but they have hinted as there's going to be a huge cliffhanger at the end of the season. One of the things that has not been resolved yet is the where's Connie um, question. We haven't seen Connie since episode nine and nobody's asking about her. So I'm scratching my head trying to figure out why is nobody asking where's Connie? So with that, I'm going to leave you with the Connie situation is still not resolved. And that's it for tonight. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to the walking dead. (laughs) Maybe even a little bit of country music, perhaps, in the near future. Ah, but then again, again, (laughs) that's, you know, like I said, that's alpha or beta to me. I'm not going to go ahead and any further into that (laughs) for anybody else. But it is a great time indeed when you're watching The Walking Dead these days with the Whisper Wars coming up, the Commonwealth in the not-too-distant future, and everything going on with The Walking Dead. And make sure you be part of the conversation today at The Walking Dead fan base. And of course, Talking the Dead 18 plus on Facebook. Daphne, it's great to have you on giving us that Walking Dead update as always. Looking forward to the next one right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you're tired of sifting through flea markets for rare and unique games, we can help. Retro City Games in Henderson, Nevada, only five minutes from the Las Vegas Strip, has all your favorite gaming staples, classics, and a wide selection of rare games with new stuff always appearing on our shelves. Come in and chat with Nicole or Doug about your love of games and watch as they help you complete your collection or find your childhood favorite. And don't forget, Retro City Games loves trade-ins. So if you have any Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, Xbox, PlayStation, or even PC games, come in and visit Retro City Games today. Welcome to the new metropolis of gaming, Retro City Games. And we're back to close out the show. want to thank Charlie McCormick, Chad Smith, and Hyper Schmidt. And Daphne Matthew from the Walking Dead fan base for joining us on today's program. But before we head on out, my friend, I wanted to talk to you about Dragon Slayer. I don't know if you ever got a chance to play this at the arcades. Do you remember it at all? Well, I remember hearing people talk about it. Like I, my, like my uncles and you know my cousins. Like I remember them talking about it, but I never have actually gotten a chance to play it. Because it did come out before your time. Yeah, I'm sorry. Almost like Pearl Jam. It did come out before your time. It was a game where it was almost like a rhythm game, almost like a rhythm game where you had to go ahead and you would control Dirk the Daring through many perilous adventures within a castle to try and save the princess. 
And in order to do so, you would have to time it out right, whether you would see a light where you would have to go. And if you didn't do it in the right manner and right fashion at the right time, you would get a horrible death, but hilarious at the same time. It was very interesting game to play. You had to know the right sequence and all that. And it got harder and harder as you went along, but it was still an entertaining time to play. Well, lo and behold, many years later, Netflix has just announced that they are now going to be in production at some point in time in the near future for a Dragon Slayer adaptation. And who do you think they want as Dirk the Daring but Ryan Reynolds himself, Deadpool, playing the lead character? So I ask you, my friend, remembering what your uncles and you know what everybody else that had played the game said, because for me, this is going to be a lot of fun if that's the case. Your thoughts on a Dragon Slayer adaptation coming for the modern age with Ryan Reynolds as the lead character? I think it'd be a good idea. It sounds like Netflix has kind of cultivated a relationship with Ryan Reynolds that's really paying off for them. And, you know, if Ryan Reynolds, he he does do kind of the same role over and over again, but he's one of those people where if he truly believes in a role, like he will do it well, you know, he will back it 100%. And I think a lot of the projects he's gotten handed for Netflix have been good, you know, whether or not they're movies that you would pay to go see at the movie theaters, that's a whole other story. But, you know, as far as like popcorn viewing goes, a lot of these movies he's made have been really good. So that being said, I'd love to see a Dragon Slayer movie with him. You know, if we, we see a lot of like fantasy spoofs kind of happening, but they're not executed well usually so i'd be curious to see what he could do with something like that i'm very curious to see what he could do with something like that i think this is right up his alley i think this is something that could be very enjoyable if executed well enough so i am looking forward to a dragon slayer adaptation i know you are as well i think this will be something that might lift up even more of the spirits in regards to video game movie adaptations i mean we had a somewhat of a stunted success story in Sonic the Hedgehog, which is doing well now on video on demand, but unfortunately could not reach its full potential due to the events of the coronavirus closing all theaters. So we couldn't really see how well it was going to do. And it has shined a good light on video game movie adaptation. So hopefully with that, Uncharted, and very soon in the not-too-distant future, Dragon Slayer, we can really get all these video game adaptations coming out that are well thought out, that are well produced, that are given more love than the previous ones, which has given the video game movie adaptation a really bad name in the past. So I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm, I'm hoping Netflix will do the right thing. And and you're right, my friend, they've got this deal going on with Ryan Reynolds. And looks like Ryan Reynolds is about to get into that Adam Sandler territory when it comes to his association with Netflix, because Adam Sandler's done a whale of a job. No matter how bad you think the movies are, Adam Sandler's done a great job with Netflix, and it looks like Ryan Reynolds will be doing so as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I'm curious to see like what other properties he could do. Well, I'm sure he's got a whole list of passion projects that he would like to do, and it sounds like Netflix is the right place for him to do those. What are your thoughts out there on a Dragon's Lair movie adaptation starring Dirk the Daring, a.k.a. Ryan Reynolds? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Would you like to see a space ace after that? Now, that's one if you're really going on the way back. you got to like that as well. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough for joining me. 
Got to talk about it on the next episode, my friend. You got to go ahead, at least give contagion and or outbreak a try. Can't avoid it much longer, even though in the case of outbreak, I'd love to, but we got to go ahead and talk about that. At least, if not on the Friday episode, how about the Pop Culture Cosmos next week? Yeah, I'll watch it this week before we get there. All right, all right. I got a chance also as well to take a look at Tiger King. So I have watched the Tiger King docuseries. I know a lot of people are talking about that one. So I've got some thoughts on the Friday episode, the PC Multiverse. Yes, I know it was taped, but I've got a preview of WrestleMania coming up on the Friday show as well. One last thing I want to talk to you about, my friend, is you made a post recently on your Facebook page talking about all the stuff that you've been checking out. And it's quite a list, isn't it? Okay, so yeah, I have watched CB Strike season one, so that's on Cinemax, and that is based off the first three books of J.K. Rowling's Strike Cormoran novel series. So that one is pretty good. It's only about seven episodes, so if you have time, I definitely check out the seven days free you get of Cinemax via Amazon Prime. It's actually a really good show. Lost in Space season two. I this is a weird show for me because I'm kind of in and out of it. I don't like the lady that plays Dr. Smith. I don't like that role at all. And every time I watch it, it makes me feel like I need to take a shower because she is just so obnoxious and I just cannot stand her part. So I try to watch that and I've been like skipping through the parts that have her on the screen. So I feel like I'm missing out on a lot. But at the same time, like I just can't. I almost walked out of the theater during Dinner for Schmucks. And this is like Dinner for Schmucks times 100 anytime she's on the screen for me. So yeah. Movies I've watched, Dragon Quest, Your Story, that's a good one. I think I talked about that a few weeks ago. Nino Kuni, that's based on the video game series. I haven't finished it yet, so don't really have a lot of thoughts there. Onward is one that I watched, and that one's actually pretty good. It's, it's, I feel like it's very underrated. I can see why people didn't really get into it if you you know remove the coronavirus factor, just because it's about some things that a lot of people can't relate to You know, as far as the whole fantasy elements go. Prince of Persia, not a great movie. I'd never seen it before. I found it at Walmart for $5. Wasn't a huge fan of that one. I just, I tried to watch it on Disney Plus a couple times, and I remember that it says you can't watch it because it belongs to another streaming service right now. Games I've played, Ori and the Blind Forest. That's one that I find myself getting very frustrated with platformers. So I have not really spent a lot of time in this one. I've probably played about an hour. You can check out my gameplay footage on my Humanican Media YouTube page. The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, just started this one, so I'm a, I'm about an hour into it. Haven't really gotten far in it. Oninaki, uh, Square had a big sale on games, so I played Oninaki on the Switch. Pretty fun game. Uh, it's not voiced in English, though, so if that's a problem for you, I wouldn't recommend it. Bubble King iOS, if you're a fan of Bust a Move, this is definitely a game you want to play. And then I just finished last night God of War 3 Remastered. And as much as I love the God of War series, like, absolutely love the new god of war game but the old games are not things that i will be going back to the gameplay feels very stale i don't like the way the camera works i don't like the character of kratos until you know the latest god of war entry i probably will not go back to play these games again but i have officially finished all of the old god of war games from god of war one two three chains of olympus ascension Ghost of Sparta, like I've played all of them, and now I can safely say I will not go back to those. What about you, though? You've been indulging anything? Oh, quite a bit, quite a bit. And there's not enough time in the show for me to go into it, so I've got quite a list. I'll go a little bit into more detail because one of those things I did see was Tiger King, the docuseries. 
want to go ahead and get into that because yeah it's uh it's something all right it's it's definitely something so for josh peterson this is gerald glassford it's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos we thank you for listening and here's hoping you have yourself a great Are you one of millions of people worldwide with compulsive geekiness, feeling isolated and alone? Do you wish there were people that understood the thoughts and feelings associated with Geeky Flare Up? There is hope and a treatment program that can help. Ask your podcast service or ESO network provider if the Nerd Bliss Podcast is right for you. Or go to nerdblisspodcast.com today. Side effects may include butthurt, movie quotes, nostalgia, warp speed, becoming for becoming a brony, appreciation of cats in the movie, pantyhose, asking God what he needs with a starship, donut muffin, or bagel, bat shoelaces, improved sense of rhythm, aiming to misbehave, nudity, and random arbitrary you're listening to a weeby geeks network podcast this has been a broadcast of the eso network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our eso patreon or by shopping through amazon.com or the t public store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com the eso network your station for all things geek Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.